Welcome to the Breaking Bots Podcast. Please put on your safety goggles, tighten your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. Here are your hosts, Brian and Cam. Greetings. What's up? Yeah, we've got the uh, official Robot Ruckus announcer here, Brian. Yeah, that, and this is the exact voice I used. Actually, the, the more voice I used to do that was much more yelly. I felt like I was yelling over the crowd, but that was probably just because I was excited. You did a pretty good job, though. Yeah, not bad. Not you bad know, for I, a first go around. My I, voice was trash for oh, the yeah. next couple of days after that. But you know, I had said I thought you were going to be good at that. I did not disappoint. Yeah, everybody seemed to enjoy it, and uh, we had fun. And we even got to judge some of the matches. You know, some of the thirty-pound matches, and you know, some of the early uh, matches, well, and the other ones. And I'll say, so most of the time, figuring out who won these fights. Not an issue. It's just like you look at each other and it's like, yeah, we know who won. Now, but when every <laughs> every now and again, you will get the occasional fight where you're looking at each other and we're like, oh, <laughs> or we're looking at uh, Julia from uh, Red Devil yeah. and uh, um, Hannah's team this year, and she's just looking at us like, oh, yeah. And, well, she looks at us and goes, "Good luck." Yeah, or like, oh, crap. Or in the thirty pound finals, where you get two lifter bots that look identical. Yeah, well, uh, I wanted to walk in there with like a red marker on one of them and just put an X and be like, yeah. "There, there, they, there was a little bit of a discrepancy. I mean, they did look pretty similar. There was a couple of times where there was some wedge bots in there that looked exactly the same that kind of made it hard to to call. But overall, I mean. So this isn't you know an off season episode of of the podcast and that we're doing for Robot Ruckus and I mean the field this year, I mean I don't know if you want to talk about this before or after our interview. That's let's go for it. But the the field this year was definitely, I'd say, leaner, faster, stronger. Like definitely took the arena to its limits and beyond. Even though there wasn't any kinetic energy weapons in it. Oh, yeah. I want to say, and again, hats off to the uh, Robot Ruckus crew, Lily and company. Julia was a big help there. Uh, Yeah. Several others. Uh, Guy Brian that we met, uh, again. Uh, Some names I'll miss there. But, yeah, I mean, they might even look at maybe trying to put, like, an extra row of panels there next year and give you an extra, like, seven, eight feet of length or width, I guess you could say, on one side. But, yeah, I mean, it's... They're such big. I mean, we were talking about you getting mammoth in there, and you're getting huge. Just like with a, what, what kind of weapon were they running there? It was a just a weird arrow hammer thing. Thwackbot. Yeah, that's what it was called. <laughs> well, they they n- kind of nicknamed it Thwackbot with huge parts. Yeah, that's it. And um, there was Which, shout out to those guys because I ordered a a hat, and it, I and I got some signatures back on it, and it was great. And it's an awesome hat. Fits good. I I kind of feel bad that I'm going to wear it because it's a, like, I thought, oh, you know, it's a thick-looking hat. It's just going to sit up on a shelf somewhere. But no, it's a comfy hat, and I'm going to wear the signatures off on that. I don't blame Sorry, you. Sorry, guys. Yeah. yeah. yeah was, <laughs> Which, those those guys were really cool in person, too. Yes. No shock there. Um, no. Was there any, uh, what was a bot that maybe you hadn't seen before that you were impressed with? 
Uh, I mean, if you're talking about like the heavyweights, uh, you definitely had Big Dill and uh, you know Krusty Grab, which is uh, we're going to talk to him here in a minute. Jack's bot from Endgame. Yeah. Um, but you know, Cheeseburger got the crowd fired up, man. Indeed, it did. <laughs> I like I said, I'd like to think I had a, a hand in that to where. You know, I, I got it started, but then, like, they were actually chanting for cheeseburgers, so I had nothing to do with that. I mean, I'm, I'm on the spot here on the the big blue kind of huge-like bot that had the swinging chains on it. Um, yeah. Despite, I think, having a losing record that weekend, pretty good showing. Um, their fight against huge, uh, we you know, we kind of let somebody else judge that, but it was going to be tough. I mean, it, it probably would have been... I think Huge won the decision, and that's probably what I would have said, too. But, uh, you know, that blue bot gave them a pretty good run for their money there. It was the something. Button Lee. Button Lee, yes. Uh, So not bad. I mean, I think those guys, you know, if they work that out a little bit more and see that through, it's somebody that we could see on future seasons of battle bots so who knows well, and big was, deal was good too well it's kind of funny because i i asked uh jonathan from huge and i'm like because basically their fights were all the other big robots yeah and i'm like does that bother you guys and he's like no it's what we wanted <laughs> and i'm like oh okay yeah, the the match that got everybody there like they got everybody over to the arena was mammoth and huge yeah that was what everybody wanted to see well it was a great crowd i mean they the stands were twice as big as they were last year, and they were full pretty much the entire time. Uh, there was at one point where like people had to get to a certain you know event for a deadline before their tickets ran out. Yeah, but other than that, like people were just. I mean, that crowd was rocking the whole time. And I will say, you know, yes, they wanted to see the heavyweights, but I want to say for for that size arena. The 30-pound bot was kind of perfect for that arena. I think so. It gave you um, the maneuverability that you needed in that size ring, and it was perfect for them. I feel like if 30-pounders were in a battle bots arena, they would spend two-thirds of the match just trying to find each other. Right. Now, I think this is a good 30-pound arena. Uh, I mean, the heavyweights last year, uh, nobody was setting any speed records. Like, the, the bots just weren't fast. Well, that kind of changed this year where, you know, there was almost three times as many teams and a lot of the bots were so much faster than they were uh, last year. And it was like you blink and you miss them getting across the arena. Yeah, I know. Um, I think Balespear did a box rush kind of in one of their fights against the cheese wedges. Yeah. And I mean that was that was you know before it broke in half. I mean, he's got a little bit more uh, labbing to do on that, but it was a nice little debut for Bale's pair. Yeah, by Earl there. I was I was glad to see him finally. Uh, An unfortunate ending though. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean Mammoth. You know they kind of made their name for themselves last year at the Maker Fair. Did not disappoint this season either. You know they got some and, and a great match against Gruff that I finally got to watch. So. We did some play-by-play. We did some uh, emceeing. We did some judging. What was the wor- Like, what was the hardest part about? What do you mean? Like, the besides whole thing? besides having to judge matches where yeah. two of the bots looked almost exactly <laughs> the same. Well, not even that they looked exactly the same. It was that like some of t- the times it was just like an equal match, and it's like, how do you call an equal match? Or say like there was one fight where. They both bots stopped moving, but they were so far apart when they did, 
you look you were looking at one while and maybe the other one stopped moving but who stopped moving first and so then you're asking around if anybody knows but no they were so far apart obviously you weren't looking at both of them at the same time yeah yeah and it's it's you we know, ultimately without... did get that one right after I went like I, I went back and looked at the video afterwards and fortunately we did get that one right like we did call the right winner but man sometimes it's it's I mad respect for like the BattleBots judges I I have a whole new respect for that now I would just say you know I mean we were kind of running around all day at least I was both days um it was a lot but it did not feel like work at all. I mean, it was just... No, time went by super quick. Yeah, I mean, I was absolutely in my element both days and just loved it. So, no complaints there. All right, well, we're, we're going to get into the interview now. Because yes. while um, So, while we were there, we met uh, Jack Barker from Endgame. And we had tried to get him on the podcast before. We couldn't really get the times to match up because he was in New Zealand. Yeah, God knows what time it is there yeah. right now. But um, he has moved to um, you know the native lands of Vancouver, so we're going to talk to him about that. Um, he had a bot, the Krusty Grab, that wound up going undefeated at the uh, Robot Ruckus. Unfortunately, we did not get a final, but we're going to discuss that too. Um, and then he has had the uh, up and down end game, I guess you could say. It's one of my, it's been one of my favorite bots to watch. Um, Dare we call it the Jameis Winston of BattleBots almost? <laughs> Where it's like, you can see something that's an absolute thing of beauty from it, and then the next fight it could just conk out on like its first hit. Yeah, and, and you like, never know go what... backwards. But he's, you know, yeah, I mean, it's capable of beating anybody. I, mean, I don't know if you remember the Son of Waiachi match last season where it lasted about eight seconds. Yeah. And Son of Waiachi was just barely moving, but bite, but Endgame wasn't, so they wound up taking that victory. But, uh, you know, it's a it's a very aggressive, very violent bot, and it's fun to watch. So we're going to talk to him about you know, ins and outs of that and what he's kind of hoping to improve on next season. Well, and, and we even get his side of the, the Ribot controversy, too. How maybe it wasn't necessarily him. That was causing the problems. It really, I, between uh, Ribot and and you know the Endgame guys, I wouldn't put the blame on either of them at this point, and so you'll hear why. Yeah, I'll blame it on just miscommunication. That's all it really is. I right. mean, that can happen. That's not anybody's fault. So, yeah, but we'll get into that, and we'll see, you know, what they could possibly do to make that a little better next season. But uh, I guess without further ado, here let's uh, let's get into the interview with Jack Barker. folks and we are back and this week we have an exciting guest because we've been trying to get him on when he lived in new zealand but now that he has moved to canada a little bit easier yeah exactly there's not quite the time difference so yeah we we got to meet him at the uh, robot ruckus in orlando he had a a bot there the crusty grab and uh, also from endgame uh, please welcome jack barker jack how are you doing tonight Hey, I'm doing good. I'm glad to be finally on your show. Yeah, yeah it's like I said, we got to finally got to meet you the other day, and uh, really cool guy. And it was a uh, it was good to meet. You know. Absolutely. So, I will say though, he mentioned you guys have the had the crusty grab at uh, at Maker Fair, but let's let's not kid ourselves. Uh, your <laughs> most important robot was by far cheeseburger. 
<laughs> yeah, the the cheeseburger wasn't supposed to be the most important one, but it kind of <laughs> by the by the end of the event, it was. We were. I, you, I think you guys renamed the whole robot for us. So. <laughs> yeah. I will say I, that that was probably my doing because I I egged the crowd on to love that little <laughs> cheeseburger robot. It it kind of felt like Baby Yoda on this new Mandalorian show, just taking on its own popularity there. Uh, but um, I, I was curious. So um, the Krusty Grab, this was a new bot, I guess, where we hadn't seen it before. Um, when mm-hmm. did you build this bot, and was that specifically for Robot Ruckus, or just something you'd been working on? Yeah. So um, kind of January this year, like well, I moved to Vancouver in December last year, and in January this year, the rest of the team were kind of physically building in game, and I was really missing out on that. So I was starting to think, like, what if we built, like, a second robot we could take to sportsman events um, and then potentially battle bots? So we were thinking about ways to beat the vertical spinner field. So that's kind of, like, where the idea started forming. Uh, then after battle bots this year, um, Bite Force won again. So we thought, you know, what's the best way to beat a vertical spinner? Hmm. <laughs> and what's the best way to go about beating someone like Bite Force or Endgame? Um, in game's not so difficult to beat because it normally beats itself, uh, but like more specifically, bite force. So from there, like we were designing for a, a few months. Originally, it was a little bit different. It wasn't supposed to have the forks on the front. It was going to have a giant claw that grabbed robots from the side, but we decided that was going to be too difficult. And we did some like uh, analysis and SolidWorks on that sort of stuff, and it was just too difficult to get under the weight limit. So we ended up going with the fork design. So we've been building it for about. Uh, four or five months before Robot Ruckus, um, just steadily. Nothing. The build itself wasn't too stressful because it normally, uh, for battle bots, it takes you get like two or three months. So it's like a super stressful couple of months. But this was kind of chill, um, and we had a lot of fun doing it. So yeah. And I must say, um, I want to say you went undefeated at Robot Ruckus. So a uh, pretty successful debut. Was this the debut for Crusty uh, Grab, or had you fought it in any other matches before? Yeah, so that was its first ever ever fight on the Saturday morning. Uh, we actually only finished it the Friday because uh, a whole bunch of parts got shipped to the event for us. We, we kind of ran out of time at the end. So we were super happy with uh, how it performed, uh, going undefeated. We, Yeah, we, we couldn't really have been happier with it. We never fought it before. We The first time we ever picked up a robot with it was the the Friday evening, kind of 10 o'clock at night, where we borrowed Charles, Charles Guan's robot, mm-hmm. Sadbot, and we took it out to the parking lot and tried to lift it. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, now, you uh, you kind of hinted at this. Uh, is, are you considering maybe bringing a second bot to BattleBots this season? We're trying. Um, so we've, we've talked to... We've put an application in, and we've done all the kind of logistics for the BattleBot side of it. Uh, so we're, gonna, we're crossing our fingers that it'll get accepted. One of the big things that we're worried about is kind of the funding for it. Uh, we running two robots, obviously going to double our double our experiences, and in game on its own almost breaks even. But as soon as we stick a second robot in the mix, there it's going to start. Um, we're going to be running at a, a huge deficit. So uh, we're quietly hoping that it'll get accepted by BattleBots. I mean, it's a pretty cool robot. We're undefeated. All the robots we played at Robot Ruckus were robot uh, BattleBots robots. So that's a really good kind of start for it. Uh, but we're also trying to trying to get some sponsorship in from it, and if it can start sustaining itself a bit better, then we'll really seriously consider bringing it. Now it's a, it's a good grapple bot, obviously. Like we said, it went undefeated. Are you a little nervous that, like, say you bring it to BattleBots and all they want to put it up against is like Tombstone and and like <laughs> Son of Wayashi, like just you know other robots that are kind of try to rip that thing apart? Uh, and uh, you know because Endgame, y- you go obviously you're. You know, when you guys fought Death Roll, that was one of the most destructive matches 
in the entire uh, you know field. And I got plenty much. to ask about yeah. that later on. <laughs> so like as far as being able to bring that thing and because you know I'll say it I'm not one to watch robots grapple a whole bunch. I want to see at least one of them like hitting the other one around, even if it's going to end up breaking itself. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the, the concept behind the game. We always want to put on a big spinning show and, and break stuff, uh, whether it be the other robot or us. So as long <laughs> as someone dies at the end of the fight, it was a good fight, you know? Um, the Krusty Grab is more of a, a strategic robot. Um, the concept behind it is that we want to kind of flip the person over and pick them up and just essentially just drive to the edge of the arena and throw them out. So it's going to be a totally different strategy. Um, not so destructive, sure. Um, and if they put it up against kind of the big horizontal spinners, that's obviously going to be a weak point for it because the forks sticking out the front aren't going to handle that very well. So we have a few ideas if it does get into BattleBots to upgrade that, um, kind of like different front-end options. Like I don't know if you saw Big Deal. They had a really good kind of horizontal wedge yeah. on their fork, fork robot. So we, we're looking at options like that to play the big horizontals. But we think kind of... The big issue with BattleBots at the moment is the vertical spinner field, and the forks are the way to go against them. Yeah, so hopefully if it does get in, we'll be playing playing some verticals and hopefully just picking them up and chucking them straight out of the arena. Now, you said it wasn't as destructive, but I want to say you were the guys that ripped Bale Spear in half, weren't you? Yeah, we... Bale's, Bale's Pair. Bale's Pair. Bale's yeah. Pair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was an, a new robot from uh, that team. Um yeah, we, we didn't expect to do that sort of damage to any robot. But I think it was just kind of we're in the right place at the right time. It had taken some damage through the tournament, um, and it was a prototype chassis. So we can't take really too much credit for that, but it did look really good, and it looks good on the robot's kind of record when we're applying for BattleBots that we managed to rip someone in half. Um, the, the, that match itself, we did have a few issues. We like lost a drive. Um, which is something we sorted for the next day. Um, and the lifter was a little bit underpowered. We had some tuning issues for the first couple of fights. Um, but yeah, ripping that robot in, in half was was pretty awesome. You know, We've never really cut someone in half before, so yeah, it, was, that, it was good to do. Now, probably not great for Earl. He kind of spent all Sunday just sort of roaming around looking for something to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I felt a, little, felt a little bad after that, but you come to these competitions, you kind of expect to be to be broken broken up so um i'm hoping he wasn't wasn't too upset about it no, he was uh you know he seemed like on facebook he was pretty happy he got a win you know he got his bot out there so i mean i think he's happy he's getting some tape out there so you know he's trying to get back mm-hmm. on battle bots this season so yeah that was uh, yeah he, he actually did a bit of damage to our robot with his um with his puncher like probably the only robot that did some physical damage um he he managed to hit us right in the front of the front of the arm and kind of split down where the the fork and the aluminum arm joins so um yeah it was quite impressive what what the actual spare did to us so now in your final fight against big dill uh we were talking about this before we started recording uh we had obviously the issue with the uh, plexiglass you kind of knocked him into the glass and it sort of uh compromised it were you a bit disappointed that you didn't get to have uh the final match for the heavyweight championship yeah, obviously, like, it's a bit disappointing. We had to, I'm not sure what the final results technically were, but um, kind of coming first equal with four robots isn't isn't the same as winning, you know. We, we were hoping to take it all, and the two robots in the other half, they were, they were good robots, and we hadn't had a chance to play them yet, so it would have been great to, to test our robot against whoever won that fight. Um, so it was a bit disappointing. We managed to, I, th- I think we won the fight against Big Dill officially, even though it was cut short. 
So yes. that was awesome. Yes, I can, did. I can I say can... officially that you did win yeah. that one. Okay, that's, that's good. That's um, good. <laughs> so yeah, I was just curious because um, we kind of assumed. Well, P one had a loss, and we were sort of assuming that Gruff would take that. So, mm-hmm. if you were to fight Gruff, what do you think your uh, strategy would have been in that match? Because that's another kind of sturdy lifter, pretty similar yeah. kind of strategy, I would imagine. Yeah, so we have a bit of an advantage over Gruff, I think, just that our forks are longer. There's a quite short. So our strategy all through the tournament was to try and get underneath them as soon as possible and lift as soon as possible before they could get under us. Um, and then once they're upside down, just keep on top of them uh, the whole fight, kind of like what we did with uh, against Mobot. Um, Slammo, yeah. Oh, that's it. So, Slammo, yeah. yeah, so hopefully our plan was to try and get under them, flip them over as soon as the forks get under them, and then just keep tumbling them for the whole fight. They've got a really strong drive. They have some interesting concepts in there. So we didn't want to kind of get in a pushing match with them. Um, but we were hoping if we could get kind of one one flip on them, we'd be able to control the match from there. It would have been a great fight to see. I know. I think um, for sure. crowd was a little disappointed there at the end that we didn't get that final match. But um, Now, we have, we, we're not going to be able to set up a robot fight, but we might be, uh, we might be working on something. We, we want to get this settled. <laughs> yeah, so. is, there, is there a video game that you're good at that we could have? Uh, we could get a uh, challenge you guys to fight Sam on or something. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, oh well. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get that fight in BattleBots though. So yeah, that would be cool. I mean, it was kind of um, you know, it was a great weekend that we got some fights that people wanted, like Huge and Mammoth. I think got a lot of people around, and you know, it was a lot of fun. So, um, is it something that you would uh, possibly come back to next season? Um. Yeah, we had a we had an awesome time uh, down there. Like probably one of my favorite events ever, uh, just because it was such like a grassroots event. Like we had so much fun; it wasn't too stressful. Um, yeah, and just it, it was a, such a good environment, and the fights were fun. You know, having two fights a day is awesome. In BattleBots, you have a fight, and then maybe two or three days between them, and you have to rebuild the entire robot between it, which is a really stressful process. So not having to do that, you know, running the sportsman class was a lot of fun, and we'll definitely be back next year. Uh, we'll be bringing the crab back and trying to bring some improvements. Um, and yeah. Now you mentioned you fight like a couple of times uh, at these sportsmen's event or sportsman events. You know, with the same bot without having to rebuild it. Is mm-hmm. that def- you know is, is that definitely an advantage? Like as opposed to you know like battle bots, like you said, having to rebuild it. Like is it the, the maintenance easier on the on the sportsman robot? Are you just less worried? So the maintenance is definitely easier um, just because the magnitude of shock is so much smaller in Sportsman. When you got it, like you watch the death roll fight we had and like we're sending death roll kind of halfway across the arena when we hit them and all that shock is going straight into our robot too. And every time we're hit, we take all that shock. So pretty much between every fight at BattleBots, we strip the entire robot down, inspect every single piece and rebuild it from the ground up. With the Sportsman, the biggest kind of shocks we have would be like a hammer hit from Shatter. Mm-hmm. Um or a wall slam from one of the lifter robots. So that's just it's just another league entirely in, in terms of force. And all the stuff that's inside the crusty grab and inside the end game is built for shocks like in BattleBots. So being able to compete in sportsmen is just we don't need to strip everything down because we can be confident that, you know, the physical parts of the robot aren't gonna break um too badly. <laughs> yeah. Alright, cool. And um now quick question. If Krusty Grab fought endgame, who do you think would win, all things being equal? Let's say there was a Jack clone and he was also <laughs> captaining the other bot. Um, I think 
I don't know. I haven't really thought too much about it. The crusty grab would definitely have the reach advantage, um, so that would be interesting. Um, but in game would probably just need you know one good hit to get in, in charge of the match. And if nothing breaks on in game, we had a few reliability issues last season. Um, then I think in game would take it. Yeah, have nice. to have to side with my original with my original baby there. I hear you. Yeah, my money's on cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta ask though, how come the confetti cheeseburger wasn't in the match every time? Like that was cool. Like I think it was the second or third match you guys had. I want to say third. Yeah, we had we had two cheeseburgers. We the confetti one was made three D printed, so we didn't want to run it at the start because we thought it would get destroyed. Oh, okay. So um, I'm saving the best and, for last. Yeah, and it wasn't really a hit in the match we did fight it in. So I think people like the floppy one better, especially <laughs> the crowd. So we we switched back to that one after the one time we used it. Did you get to talk with any of the kids that were there? Because they were, they were seemed really excited to see all this live. Yeah, it's it's really awesome to see kind of like the faces of people as the robots fight. And um, I did have a chance to talk to quite a few people kind of in the in the crowd and sign some things um, and just kind of hear from them and their ideas. And it's kind of really inspiring to see that how excited they get over it and also kind of, I mean, they all have their own ideas and they want to build their own robot. So like being able to, you know, kind of cultivate that and, and the people watching it is really, really fun. Yeah, if one of those kids there eventually, you know, like five, ten years from now, he joins BattleBots, that would be super mm -hmm. cool. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I was probably one of those kids back in the day. I remember seeing it, you know, the original series of BattleBots on TV. Um, I just kind of losing my mind. So, And the season one of the ABC BattleBots is actually how I got into the sport. So I remember seeing that when I was studying at university and decided, you know, we want to do that. So that's when we started building kind of the, the featherweights. Yeah. Wow. So when you actually make it to BattleBots for the first time and you see all these people, like there's Ray and there's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Paul, is it, I mean, are you more of a fan at that point? Are you actually kind of scared to talk to those people or did you just come <laughs> in thinking like, no, I'm here, I'm, I'm here to kick ass, everything's good? Um, the, when we first turned up the first, like in 2018, the mm -hmm. first few days, it was kind of scary. Like all these people who are so good at the sport, they've been doing it for so long, like 20 years. Um, and yeah, we definitely didn't want to go and approach like kind of Ray or Paul. We were super lucky that we got to put next to Lockjaw, so like Donald Hudson. Oh, uh, nice. We got to, oh, on, got to know wait, him pretty Jack, well. You, Jack, yeah. you said that wrong. <laughs> Sorry. The legendary Donald Hudson. That's the a legendary joke. Donald Hudson. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, go ahead. You saying he, he had the pit next to you guys? Yeah, he had the pit next to us, and it was just the way we, we can see how he operates. He runs his team. He's obviously a very experienced guy. Um, and we, we just took so much from that. We were next to him um, and Gigabyte. So, like, two of the two of the big dogs in the sport. Uh, we were, like, super lucky to be there. Um, yeah, we were just kind of, like, you know, out of our mind a little bit being being in that sandwich. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could imagine. Like, And then um, hopefully you got some good advice from them, though, too. That's Those are two different teams that I would love to pick their brains if I was mm. a competitor in this. For sure, yeah. We we took a lot away from that, and we did again this year. Like, there's just so much that we don't know, being so new to the sport, and pretty much every fight will come away with something that went wrong, and we'll learn from that and improve for the next fight. So I got to ask. Um, first of all, you uh, like you said, you moved from New Zealand to Canada this December. What prompted that move? Yeah, so I moved for work. Um, I got a job with Microsoft. I'm a software engineer. Um, so pretty much nothing to do with robots. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was a it was a good job. I did an internship there when I was studying, so it's been in the works for a while. Um, so for the past kind of year, I've been working remotely with the in-game team, doing a lot of design work, um, 
kind of like managing the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the rest of the team has been doing all the manufacturing um, and putting it together. Yeah. So New Zealand and Vancouver. So you only live in absolutely awesome places. Like I, th- <laughs> I think I said that to you in Orlando. Like, hey, you're not going to move. Yeah, to- yeah. He's not moving to Pittsburgh, definitely. <laughs> you know, so that's cool. No, I, I, I'm like, shoot, those are two places that I want to visit. So um, I'll have to. I'm gonna have to ask you later a couple of New Zealand or Canada questions. Are you adjusting to the weather so far? Or is that is that a question for now? Oh yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so the weather's a bit cold actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I can imagine. Not used, not used to the winters up here. Uh, it kind of took me took me by surprise last year. Uh, Left our beautiful summer to come to a snowy winter up here. Yeah, but, I was going to say, like at Christmas time, it's in the summer down there, isn't it? Yeah, we have Christmas on the beach um, in the backyard. We play some cricket, you know. Christmas is snowy. It's it's very different. Yeah. I bet Santa Claus there is wearing like shorts and a t-shirt or something. <laughs> That's cool. <crazy. laughs> All right. So now, um, okay, we, we've talked about Robot Ruckus. Now we get to talk about Endgame. Uh, this mm-hmm. was a bot... I was big on you guys preseason because, you know, after your first season, you know, you came in, big weapon, young team, uh, made some noise. So you were kind of one of the teams that I wanted to watch this season. And mm-hmm. I guess your first fight, and we didn't really know, um, but you had fought Bite Force before, had you not? Not, de- not uh, Bite Force, Death Roll, I'm sorry. No, I don't think we had. We haven't played Death Row before that. That was the first time. Well, we played them in the smaller weight classes, the same the same builders. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I think we kind of yeah. underestimated how good that team was going to be. But yeah, <laughs> you know, and but that was one of the. I, I that was my match of the year. I think when we did our little awards, uh, so it was, was up there for sure. So, did you have any idea that that bot was going to be that tough? Because I think we just. I saw you hit him a couple times, and I was waiting for it to die, and it just never did. Oh, we were too. We were too. <laughs> um, yeah, so that bot has competed in, in China, and it's done really well. And it kind of got a, a reputation for being super reliable. Um, so we, we kind of knew that it was much improved from last, last time I was on BattleBots, where it kind of got totaled by Captain Shredderator. Um, but we didn't quite know it was going to be that strong, and I don't think anyone did. Um, they, they did super well and went so far into the tournament. Um, but yeah, we, we kind of bashed them around for a bit, um, did a lot of damage to them. I think they retired that chassis after the fight. So we were pretty proud of that. Um, but of course we have our usual reliability issues. We flipped upside down. Actually, the main thing that made us lose that fight was, um, we drove over the light that we knocked down and it shredded our weapon belts. Um, so that means we, we lost the hit on head collision, uh, cause our weapon was slowing down and that's what flipped us. Um, yeah, but all props to them. They, they just keep going, and every pretty much every collision, they would ride up on our wedgelets and kind of attack our South Rider, which is why it didn't South Ride, because they'd hit it like three or four times by then. Huh. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a good fight by them, and, yeah, really kind of shocked everyone in the pits, I think. And yeah. from then on, they were nothing to be underestimated. Now, I was curious. Early on, uh, you, you kind of came out and took a lead there as they were actually mm-hmm. doing what you would call a death roll, it seemed like. <laughs> Were you just kind of, at that point, it seemed like you guys were kind of laying off them a little bit. Were you sort of like, let's not go in and potentially damage our own bot and hopefully let them die out? Or were you having yeah, that, issues at that time already? That first hit, we thought they were, they were probably going to be dead after that because it was such a big hit. Um, so I just wanted to hang back and wait for them to bounce around a bit and see what if they would be running after that. And they were. So that's when we went in for a, a second big hit. 
Um, and I think after that one, we kind of kept on them a bit more. Uh, you can see us kind of chase them across the arena as they as they bounce along. Um, but yeah, we we totally didn't expect them to to last that many hits. Cause in-game hits hits pretty hard. So. Um, oh yeah, I, yeah. As we will discuss a little bit later too, because yeah, but that was easily my favorite match of the season, and it seemed like uh, season long you kind of had a thing where you hated the lights because it seemed like you were chucking mm-hmm. stuff up there the entire season. So um, now I guess after that fight, we had the Ribot fight. Now we heard a little bit here about how you know they had um, you know like an interchangeable bot there, and then they were kind of doing some stuff in the pits. Could you tell us? what exactly was happening in that match that uh, sparked some controversy, I guess you could say? <laughs> yeah, so Ribbit is a really cool robot in that they have both a vertical and a horizontal component that they can swap in and out. Um, before the match, we had no idea what they were going to use. So we set up our robot so that we could go through um, functional inspection, which every robot has to do before the match to ensure that you know, you're going to run when you're in the arena. Um, before we decide on our front end and our staff riding options. Because when we run our big wedges for um, playing horizontal spinners, we can't run our staff rider because we don't have the weight for it. So that was kind of like the big controversial point. We went through inspection without our staff rider or our front wedges, and they just sat there and didn't go through inspection at all. So we, we went through inspection, and we can we can put our front wedges and our staff rider on in about five minutes, mm-hmm. which is super quick. Um, so we designed our robot in that way that we could make that decision at the last minute. Um, and kind of, we were just, we, we'd gone through and they were kind of just waiting for the last second as well. And that's when production started to get annoyed at us, um, or the BattleBots crew because they weren't going through, um, yeah. uh, functional inspection. Huh. And I think we, we delayed to the very last second as well. So it was totally our fault as well. We, we waited till as long as we could before we went through functional inspection. Um, and they were, they were, the robot team was like, well, we're not going to go through until we know what configuration they're running. And we were like, well, we're not going to set up our configuration yeah. until we know what configuration <laughs> they're running. So, like, there's no rules in the rules about who gets to set up first and who has to go first. So we were both just stalemating as much as we can and kind of delaying it, just stretching the process out until one of us kind of just gave up. Um, so, yeah, about the team who, like, runs the pits and the queuing, uh, getting teams to the, ro- to the field and stuff, we were starting to get quite annoyed at us. And they were like, just set the robots up. And both of us were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not doing it. Uh, yeah. So they, they were like, all right, in 15 minutes, whatever configuration your robot is in, in 15 minutes is what it's fighting. And we're like, that seems fair. And it makes sense for us because we can swap faster than Ribbit. Yeah. So we waited till about five minutes left in the 15 minutes. Um, and they set their robot up. Um, so we knew what they were going to run. Okay. Um, so, and then we set up as well. And then after the 15 minutes, they swapped their configuration. So we were super unhappy about that. Um, so there was a bit of miscommunication, I think. Like they were told they have to start setting the robot up in 15 minutes. And we were told the robot has to be set up in 15 minutes. So that's another issue that happened. So we ended up bringing in kind of the producers. Um, and it was a, a big saga. And essentially, they decided there was nothing in the rules. So just. As long as you're in the box when the match starts, that's what you're going to do. <laughs> All right. So, like, by, because we knew what configuration they were going to run at that point, um, they decided earlier uh, we could just go back and swap. Yeah. So, hopefully, next year there'll be some rules about what order you have to do that in um, and something to stop that. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe get it done a little bit more ahead of time than 15 minutes because it seems like <laughs> you guys were both just holding out. All right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, and I guess those two matches already had put you in a big hole at zero and two there, mm-hmm. and so wound up in the uh, Desperado tournament, and then where you, you had um actually we were talking about Gruff earlier. You had your first match against them, uh, mm-hmm. and then. I think you were winning that match anyway, but they did get stuck on the floor there at the end. So that was I mean, an unlucky break for them. But I think you probably had that match anyway. Um, so against Minotaur, what was your strategy going into that fight? Because they really seemed to have, you know, they were having issues early in the season. But by then they were really seemed to be rolling. Yeah, they, they really got running by the time they, they faced us. And when you play a robot like Minotaur, you know, it's always going to be a good fight. So we're, if you get to play Minotaur or Bite Force or Tombstone, even if you lose it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, so going into that match, we thought we would have kind of like the bite advantage. So um, we were still having our drive issues at that time. Like we weren't sure what was causing it. Uh, basically, in the gruff fight again, we had one hit and then we lost the drive motor, um, just self damage. So we we were kind of hoping that it wouldn't happen, but we hadn't done anything to fix it because we couldn't work out what was happening at the time. So we went into that fight. We got a really good first hit on them. You can see we. We kind of seen them across the arena a little bit and the weapon on weapon. So we were right with having the bite advantage. But that first hit was so big that it did see an electrical shock through our system and break our drive again. So from that point, it was kind of all over. We were just hanging in there uh, with kind of one side of the drive. Um, and every time we hit them, it would get a little bit worse. So uh, it, was a, it was a great fight. Like we, we got absolutely totaled. We hung in, hung in there for a little bit. They broke every single physical piece of the robot. We built a new <laughs> one after that fight. Um, <laughs> And um, for the yeah, Desperado, we, um, how much turnaround did you have there between matches? We had about three hours, I think. So okay. uh, we were out in the car park because we're not allowed batteries inside the pit area. We we're out in the car park building our robot um, and testing it out there uh, for the whole three hours. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty good. So uh, and then I want to say this was you only had one more match over the season, correct? We had one. Or Wait. We had one, and then we had one unaired one against Duck. Yeah. Ooh. Why have I not? Seen? All right. That's it. I'm getting. <laughs> I'm getting the Facebook subscription then. I got to see that. I I did not know that was on there. I just thought it was a bunch of like. I don't know. I thought <laughs> what it was you're all saying of John's is maybe matches. The, maybe the Facebook supporter matches are better than what the extra ones the Science Channel airs. I think so. It's yeah. Well, at least that one. Our, our fight against Duck was a really good fight. I think. Uh, all right. That, so, that's probably worth. Yeah. Watching. We, we were a bit disappointed it didn't make the main show. Yeah, I would have if you'd have put that on. That would have been one of the ones I would have been like, "Ooh, I'm watching that." So, <laughs> uh, but we did get to see you against Cobalt, which was a mm-hmm. team that early on I don't know if uh, was there talk there after like their Sub Zero fight of "Ooh, does anybody really want to face them?" Because they were kind of mowing people down early on. They were they were doing some serious damage um, against Sub Zero. They kind of tore it completely to pieces, and then the same to Dark before they got stuck. Yeah, but. Um, by the point we had to face them, we wanted to face a bigger robot. We had to face a bigger robot. It was, it was going to be our only shot to get in um, to the top 24. Uh, so we were super super stoked to be able to play, to play them um, just because it meant that we, we had a shot to get into the main tournament if we beat them. Uh, and we did. Uh, we still were having drive issues. We, we changed a few things on the robot to make it more reliable, but doesn't perform as well. So it didn't break. It just wasn't working very well at all at that point. Um, but it was it was reliable, and that was the main thing, and that's really what uh, won us the fight, I think, because uh, we danced around a bit, and if if we'd broken before that, it would have been would have been all over. Yeah. Well, for not working pretty well, though, I mean, you kind of punted Cobalt up into the lights. <laughs> that was pretty nasty. That was 
one of my favorite knockouts, if not the <laughs> favorite, the entire season. Yeah, we um we sent them up to above the driver's station, basically right above where we were standing. So that was so scary. Um, and then they came down and we gave them a double tap. And on that double tap, we took out their bout, which meant they couldn't self-right. But we also broke the tooth off their weapon. Yeah. Um, that beautiful weapon they had for all the season. Um, yeah, we managed to break that off. So it means that, mean they couldn't self-right at all. Yeah. Wow. And that, I mean... People kind of figured out. I think maybe Death Roll had figured that out. Once they, um, if you took their wedges off, that that mm-hmm. weapon was. I mean, it was yeah. still obviously very dangerous, but uh, you know, you could get underneath mm-hmm. it at that point. So, and yeah, like what you guys did. Yeah. So their their big wedge is kind of well off the ground, so they're not going to be able to outwedge anyone as soon as that's gone. Uh, so we got a really lucky hit, kind of in our first exchange. Um, sent that wedge let right into the roof. It got stuck up there for the whole session. Um, yeah, and, and from there, they didn't really have a chance at hitting us, so we just had to outlast them until we got a really good hit on them, which we did. Yes, you did. You sure did. Yeah, I appreciated <laughs> that one. That was one of those times. That's one of those matches that I watched three, four times on my DVR. So, um, all right, so curious, um, on a scale of one to ten, ten being the best, how would you rate your uh, 2019 season on BattleBots? Probably about a two. <laughs> Ah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I was a tiny bit. I mean, I, I said this before on my podcast. I said, if you told me, if I didn't watch matches and Brian told me, hey, uh, Endgame beat Witch Doctor, I would have believed it. But if you'd also mm-hmm. said, hey, um, Breaker Box just beat Endgame, unfortunately, I kind of would have believed that too. So, yeah. Yeah. So, what going into next season do you need to improve on your bot? So, we're pretty much almost there building the new end game we're about halfway um we've done all the physical we're the team back home starting to assemble it uh we've changed the material we're using to be more less brittle because um ribbit kind of like showed us that and 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 minotaur that taking big hits with that sort of aluminium just wasn't going to cut it in in the heavyweight class Mm. uh so we've we've changed the structure we've completely designed redesigned the internals to have more space for foam um, and kind of protective stuff, uh, shorten the lengths of the bouts to make sure that they don't break again. Um, and one of the big things that we're doing is designing our own motor drivers. Um, so that was something that really let us down last year. Um, and the ones we run in the Krusty Grab are absolutely amazing. And that's what we run in our duck fight. Um, so the drive was working on point in the duck fight um, as, as it was in the Krusty Grab. The only issue there is they're so big. So we're, we're designing our own ones that are based off that one, uh, but smaller. Um, so we can have more more foam and yeah, just more reliability things is what we're working on. Cool. Now, are we going to see Cheeseburger make a BattleBots <laughs> appearance, or is that just strictly relegated to uh, <laughs> somewhere where he's a little less or a little safer than uh, you know, say in a ring with Tombstone? I can assure you, if the Krusty Grab goes to BattleBots, the Cheeseburger will be there. Oh, sweet. See, I wonder. <laughs> I kind of wanted to see it fight. Um, Kraken's narwhal, that little bot, those two would have been a nice little matchup. We could have put that in the small <laughs> rank. Um, but yeah. So um, now you said um, when you started, what, what weight class did you start at? Or did you just go ahead and start at heavyweights? Or did you work your way up? Yeah. So I watched BattleBots season one on ABC mm-hmm. and saw the likes of Tombstone, you know, destroy radioactive and thought that is so cool. I want to do that. And I'd built other sorts of robots in my past, um, but never the fighting ones. Mm-hmm. So for season two, we put an application in, which was Decline. 
which was amazing that it was the client because I wouldn't be here right now if it was accepted because that robot was not going to work. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so good on uh, BattleBots for declining that. But after being declined, we decided to build uh, the featherweight class, which is the 30-pound, um, which they run in Australia. There was absolutely no f- robot fighting scene in New Zealand at the time. So we built a 30-pound vertical spinner, kind of like Endgame, um, as well as a wedge bot, and we took it to their national champs, um, kind of with no expectations at all. But we ended up coming first and second in that one. So that was really cool. The Aussies didn't see it coming. Um, also, the first time we met the guys from Death Row. Um, nice. Yeah, so after that, we took it to China, FNB. Um, we did really well over there, too. Um, went to a couple of featherweight events over in China. Uh, and then they invited us to build a heavyweight. So basically we went from 30 pound all the way up to heavyweight in the space of a year, um, which was kind of a wild ride really from going, having no fighting robots at all to having a heavyweight and being invited to battle bots within the space of a year. That was just kind of insane for us. Yeah. yeah and also game. not, not the route most people take. So we were super, we we're super blessed to be able to have that opportunity and all the timing was just perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that's that is a very uh, fast ascension there. It's pretty good, but I mean, you guys have held your own, and like I said, I love the weapon on Endgame. So I mean, it's yes, yeah, like you said, if if reliability can uh, not become an issue, hey, sky's the limit with you guys. So rock on. Yeah, that's that's the one thing we're we're working on. <laughs> All right, so I guess um, we won't keep you that much longer, but I'm just gonna have to, I'm gonna ask you a couple questions here about uh, New Zealand versus Vancouver so far. Um, yeah, enough of this robot talk. What, yeah. is, <laughs> what is this? A podcast about robots? All right, we always we always ask about food. So, is the food better in Vancouver or was it better back home in New Zealand? The food, the food definitely better in Vancouver. Yeah, I I love kind of like um, Asian food. So. Kind of the good Asian places in in Vancouver, just that kind of top notch. Yeah. What's your favorite? Is that your favorite new thing? Um, I've never really been a foodie, but a lot of the people I've made friends with here are. So I'm kind of learning, um, taking notes from them. So I don't don't really know. Yeah, the the food is definitely good <laughs> here, though. Yeah. All right. Um, who has better accents? Ooh, <laughs> the Canadian accent is pretty close to the American. So, yeah, they just say weird things like a boot and a sorry. I'm going to go with the New Zealand. Going to stick with my roots there. I want to say it's been Uh, voted sexiest accent. So I would say it has. It has. Yeah. I will be concerned if I ever lose it. So that probably gets (laughs) you So one thing I've got going for me. Yeah, don't ever move like down to South and United States. Yeah, we'll ruin you, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's see what um. Hockey or rugby? Rugby, yeah. I, I can't yeah. argue that too much. Yeah, um, this it's don't even need an explanation. Are right, you a, um, are you a big sports fan? Like, do you fo- did you follow sports back in New Zealand? I I basically only followed followed rugby. Um, our national team, the All Blacks, when they played, um, kind of a you got to follow it if you're in New Zealand. Yeah. Oh yeah, rock. Um, all right. Let's see. Better beaches, New Zealand or Vancouver? Ooh, I think New Zealand's got the the one up on the beaches there. Um, kind of the the West Coast beaches in New Zealand are pretty 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 nice. You know, it can't be that in the summer. Sounds good to me. Uh, let's. All right, what was it? I had one more and I can't think of it now. Darn. <laughs> I know. Usually you write oh, this stuff down. Better music. 
Vancouver's got the music, the music front. Uh, they get all the big bands, uh, all the live shows. Um, New Zealand's just kind of an after, afterthought when artists come down down south. Uh, they go to go to Australia and think, oh, might as well. Some of them will hit New Zealand, but you know, Vancouver's got good bands here all the time. And there are a lot of uh, TV shows that film there, but I don't know if you can get better than Lord of the Rings. So I'm going to just go ahead and save New Zealand in that one. <laughs> so yeah. and so now you're two bots uh, so far. You have gotten. Um, well, Endgame is not really, it's not an Avengers theme, but it got named after an Avengers movie, and then you've got the... Um, well, I think the movie was named after the bot. Yeah, was, that's true, too. It was actually named after the Taylor Swift song. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's a, I, I know it says on your, um, on the BattleBots homepage that there was like a long debate about the origin mm-hmm. of the uh, mm-hmm. name, so... Yeah, so... I, I'm the one who gave it the name, um, but there's also a, a Rise Against song, I think, called Endgame. Um, so hmm. Nick, the other, the other co-captain on Endgame, he's, he likes to tell people that it's named after that one, but it's definitely from Taylor Swift. Come on, there's nothing wrong with Tay-Tay. <laughs> so now, when the Avengers movie came out, did it kind of piss you off a little bit that now when you try to Google your bot, you're going to get 7,000 things about the movie first? Well, we all already got... 10,000 things about the song. So um, <laughs> you already had to Google in-game BattleBot to get anything relevant, uh, which kind of was an oversight by us. So, Fair enough. Um, But yeah, it didn't annoy us too much. Um, now I can tell people that it was a collaboration um, between Taylor Swift, the Marvel uh, Universe, and, and us. So, <laughs> All right. So now um, between these two, what would you rather watch? Uh, the... Avengers Endgame movie or the SpongeBob SquarePants movie? The Endgame movie for sure. I think the the SquarePants movie was a little bit disappointing. Yeah. Rock on. All right. Is that it? I think that's everything I got for him. Well, that's everything you've got. I, you know, of course, cannot let you leave without answering the hotly debated topic um, that we ask everybody or almost everybody on this podcast. What is your view on a hot dog being a sandwich? I got asked this at the uh, at the Q and A you guys were running. I think. Oh, that was uh, me. That, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, so, he stole my question. But we're going to make you answer it again. Not a sandwich. Why is it? Tell me why it's not a sandwich. A sandwich is between two square pieces of bread to me. So, you know, even even a subway sandwich, that's a sub, not a sandwich. So a hot dog, not a sandwich. So you're saying Subway is lying to us? They don't actually make sandwiches. Yeah, I I don't consider that a sandwich. Yeah, like to me, a sandwich is on the traditional two pieces of bread with something in between. Yeah. That's okay. I don't even think some people consider Subway real meat either. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. now, is there is there any sponsors you want to throw some plugs out there for? Or? Yeah, we've got some awesome sponsors that uh, we can't do this without. So first and foremost, University of Auckland. They've supported us for two years um, and still supporting us ongoing uh, financially and also with um, kind of using their facilities. So without them, there's no way we'd be able to compete. Um, also, another company, Tunnel and Civil Limited, they also a big supporter of us. So uh, big th- big thank you to them. Uh, we've also got Reynolds and Steelmasters, companies based out of New Zealand, so probably not relevant to most of the listeners here, but they also support us by providing us nuts and bolts and chain and, and also financially. So yeah, without them, there's no way we can compete. Yeah, so big, big thanks to them. Hopefully we can get a few more for the Krusty Grab so we can see that one out there too. 
we're working on it. We've been working on that for the last couple of weeks. So hopefully yeah, some, on, people, some new things there. Sponsor the Krusty Grab. Yeah, awesome. maybe we have some not-so-poor listeners. And I doubt it. But, if you, you know. don't want to sponsor Krusty Grab, sponsor Cheeseburger. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, where are you at, yeah. Burger King? McDonald's? Exactly. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess stick with us here after the break, but uh, we'll let you go on the podcast here. So uh, thanks a lot, Jack, for coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah, you're awesome. Cheers. You're awesome in person, too. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Like thank you for uh, all the work you guys did at Rubber Rockers as well. It was, ah, it was, it was a good lot event. of fun. We appreciate it. All right, thanks. Jack Barker from Endgame and Krusty Grab and Cheeseburger. And yeah, don't forget <laughs> Cheeseburger. <laughs> Alrighty, folks, and we are back. How was that? Yeah, like I said, we've been, um, you know, trying to make this work for a while there. Uh, you know, I've been, you can follow, you know, Endgame on Facebook, too. I've talked to Jack a lot on there, and then finally got to run into him at uh, Maker Fair. Really cool guy, and I was you know, super glad to finally have him on. Yeah, there's a running theme here. It's no matter how they're portrayed on BattleBots, usually pretty cool dudes. Yeah, and I mean, we got some insight about the uh, death roll fight too. I mean, that was that really was my fight of the year. I mean, it was just an amazing back and forth, and you know, that's yeah, did not know that his uh, self writing wasn't working in that. But you know, it's it's really cool to hear the journey. I mean, he's a you know he's still extremely young, and for this being only his second season, uh, not bad for only merely what his third season, just in robot combat in general. Yeah, pretty damn good, and made a nice run at Robot Ruckus there with uh, the crusty grab. So, and cheeseburger, and cheeseburger. Seriously, people, the baby Yoda was, to yeah, uh, cheeseburger was popular. Crusty grabs Mandalorian. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing them both in there though. That would be cool. What baby Yoda? No, I mean um, crusty grab going to battle bots. Oh yeah, oh for sure. Yeah, let's make that happen. So it, that's going to be one of those ones that like. Like I said, goes up against all the high kinetic energy weapons, and hopefully doesn't like have to be completely rewelded every time. But so, assuming uh, Gruff had beaten P one at Robot Ruckus, I know which... you like to assume that. You, it's like you just you you just completely wrote off P one. All right, if P one beat Gruff, who do you <laughs> think would have won between P one and the Krusty Grab? Man, I. Probably Krusty Grab would have beaten P one. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> although P one, I mean P one was getting under people. So, yeah, that's that was the main like in that little arena. That was the main draw. It's like if you get under somebody and you can just like really just push them around and keep them off balance. There wasn't enough room to really retreat and regroup. So, but not for battle butts. What's P one's weapon? Uh, it, it has a little flipper that that, that flips over the front. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not much, but there is a weapon on there. All right, now if if it had been gruff and crusty grab, you know, what do you think? It might have been. I mean, crusty grab was impressive, and they had the power of the cheeseburger behind them. So I might have to give it to them. Just to differentiate, just since I think Sam's been driving that type of bot longer, I'll I'll go gruff. <laughs> And um, as always, Lilith, if you're listening, you have to break the tie again. Yeah. Well, no, we're, <laughs> we're, we totally want to break that tie somehow. We'll, we'll find something. 
Exactly. To do. Yeah, we got to find some kind of competition for these two to play, but uh, we got to figure out something that they can both uh, do quite well. Yeah, whether it, maybe it's just going to be like ping pong or something. Hell next yeah. year in Orlando, let's do <laughs> it. Like we're gonna we're gonna settle last year's title right here on the ping pong table. Yeah, I was trying to get a rock paper scissors match, but nobody really. I don't know. It's kind of hard to track everybody down to well, play yeah, rock, it, paper, scissors. At the well, end. yeah, because at that point, everybody's breaking everything down, and they're kicking everybody out of the building. And, so. of course, you kept saying, what about P1? So. Well, yeah, and that. It's like, yeah, I want to get Gruff and uh, or Sam and Jack together. And I'm like, well, what about P1? Look, Gruff and um, Krusty Grab were the only two undefeateds left. I, that is true. So that was, that was my main reasoning where I was like, if I could have one more match, sorry, P1. Uh, you already have P1 loss, so yeah, bye. But uh, anywho, big thanks to Jack Barker for coming on. Uh, hopefully we can have him back uh, as the season approaches and see what he's working on. Absolutely. See there are two bots. So. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Breaking Bots. Uh, do all the likes and follows and socials and stuff. It's usually just slash Breaking Bots or Breaking Bots Podcast. That's right. Good night, all. Later. Music for the Breaking Bots podcast is courtesy of Dan Moriarty and his band A Troop of Echoes, available on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Music. You can also check out his website, a troop of echoes, all one word, dot bandcamp.com.